Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology today. I'm so grateful you're here with us. I am so thankful to be your host on this particular episode. And we're going to be looking at the sequence of canonical recognition of the Old Testament. And what that simply means is, is how did they know what was inspired? You know, when Isaiah was writing, did they recognize it immediately? When Jeremiah was writing, was it recognized immediately? Seemingly it was when he read before the king. Um, and uh, Barak's urgency to get it rewritten down, Jeremiah. Um, how did that all work? So let's take a look. We're on pages 89 and 90 of the popular handbook of archaeology in the Bible by Holden and Geisler, a longtime textbook at Indiana Bible College I've used in our Christian evidence class. Absolutely fantastic. Harvest House Publishers recommend you get it. So let's dive in. So the sequence of canonical recognition. Again, I do want to say thanks for being with us. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks for praying with us. If this is your first time, welcome. <laughs> Join us daily. Check out our playlist. Okay, the first section of the Hebrew Bible, the law or Pentateuch, Pentas 5, Tuch's books in Greek, may be the first section of the Bible to be written and recognized as canonical, which would explain why it's referenced numerous times throughout the rest of the Old Testament. And sometimes, you know, the Torah, the Torah would either refer to the first five books or sometimes the entire Bible, synonymous. I know they can get confusing at times. We just kind of have to look at the context. There is no doubt that the Pentateuch was recognized as complete and canonical by the time of Ezra and Nehemiah in the 5th century B.C. And I will tell you in the Jewish mind, and also hints of it in Scripture, Ezra plays a huge role in canonicity, but not just that, in taking the Bible from Paleo-Hebrew to the... What's known in different people have different words. Plays Babylonian block script, Aramaic, uh, Hebrew script. Um, what we pretty much recognize today is Hebrew, and uh, there is a division among rabbis on whether that was you know fifteen hundred BC lost, gradually went to Paleo Hebrew, and then Ezra brought it back, or it was all Paleo Hebrew, and then. Uh, Ezra translated, I don't know if that's a great term, it's what it is in some ways, into what we would call biblical Hebrew or modern Hebrew. There's no doubt that the Pentateuch was recognized, as we said, by Ezra in Nehemiah 5th century. There's also a good reason to believe it had been regarded as such even earlier. The Hebrew Bible being translated in the Greek language by the mid-2nd century BC, that is disputed. The Pentateuch, now parts of it, yes, but not the whole Greek Bible, I mean, not the whole Hebrew Bible. The Pentateuch became a part of the Septuagint Bible. The Samaritan deviated from the Jews shortly thereafter with the creation of their revised version of Moses' writings, the Samaritan Pentateuch, which is still in Paleo-Hebrew, fascinatingly enough. Evidence of the Pentateuch's inclusion and preservation reveals that the books of the law were considered a complete canonical unit within the Old Testament canon. First century Jewish historian Josephus does have three categories of books, but he does not call them writings, but four books containing hymns to God and precepts for the conduct of human life. You know, that would be Psalms and 
Proverbs, etc. However, the later writing section of the Jewish Old Testament had 11 books in it. While Jephus, Josephus numbers the Old Testament books at 22 just before AD 100, nevertheless, these are the same as the 39 books of the Protestant Old Testament. They are just numbered differently. The 12 minor prophets are considered one book, and all the double books, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, and Nehemiah, are listed as one book each. Also, the 22 books of Josephus, same as the later 24 books of the Jewish Old Testament, for Ruth was attached to the end of Judges and Lamentations to the end of Jeremiah. All this is very logical. In order to number the books at 22, the same number of letters in the Hebrew alphabet, same divisions of Psalm 119, um, same number of verses in Leviticus 1, 2, 4, and 5, and thrice repeated with the Hebrew Hindi is in Lamentations 3. There has been no doubt that these books made up the Hebrew Old Testament canon. Individual attestations provide evidence of their canonicity from the first century A.D. or earlier. What this implies is that there's been an established canon of the Hebrew Old Testament since before the Christian era, and really, except for maybe some of the later books, you know, your Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, well before, and maybe Esther because of you know, if you think about the morality of Esther, you know, this Jewish girl sleeps with the king, you know, it, premarital sex, it's just uh, something. And that's the reason, like, you don't find it in the Dead Sea Scrolls and stuff. And the name of God's not mentioned in Esther. So it was probably the most disputed with Proverbs, maybe second, of the Old Testament books. The final threefold division of the Old Testament, law, prophets, and writings, Five law, prophets, eight, and writings, 11 books did not come until the time of the Mishnah, the Baba Bathra, in the 5th century AD, 400. It's also worthy of note, the Old Testament books were most likely immediately adopted as the word of God by the people of God very soon after they were written. Now, that's the point I've been making like yesterday, and that also happened in the New Testament. When Moses wrote his book, it was preserved inside the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle, Deuteronomy 31.9, and then read every seven years at the Feast of Tabernacles. Joshua's books were added to it, Joshua 24.26. Later we see that Daniel had the law and the prophets up to his time, including the contemporary prophet Jeremiah. I've always found that so interesting in Daniel 9. Still later, Zechariah spoke of the law and the former prophets, Zechariah 7.12, so the books of the Old Testament were recognized by the people of God immediately. Though the official divisions of the scriptures took over a thousand years to establish, the immediate acceptance of the Hebrew scriptures is supported by more than 2,600 claims than the text. And that is very significant, that it is divinely inspired. This, along with the appropriate content, would be enough to immediately bring the acceptance of the scriptures in the eyes of the Jews. Of that 2,600-plus claims of the Bible's inspiration, 680 are found in the Pentateuch, 418 in the historical books, 195 in the poetical books, and 1,907 in the prophetic literature. So God bless you. The Bible's inspired <laughs> The history is just so incontrovertible. And so often people come up with theories against the Bible 
and it will be seemingly incontrovertible, but a few years later something happens and it is found the Bible's true after all. So God bless. We just want to say thank you so much for being with us. Continue to pray. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome. I want to give a shout out to our homeschoolers out there and uh, to all our former IBC students. God bless you. And uh, church folks, church family, God bless you and everybody else all around the world. Last I checked, we're in 16 countries, hoping it's going more. Thanks for Anchor for all those good stats you send us. So uh, please subscribe, share, leave us a five-star review, and join us on Facebook and YouTube under New Life of Albany, Georgia. We'll check you later. God bless. We love you. Bye-bye.